Leadership File on Premier. This is The Leadership File, bringing you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via podcast, it's great to have you along. Well, to state the obvious, uh, COVID-19 has created enormous challenges for Christians in leadership. Uh, Local churches are no longer gathering. Uh, Some are just getting back to it, but many still aren't. Uh, There are members facing illness, the elderly and vulnerable needing to self-isolate. And many have had a, a crash course in basic technology as services have moved online. And we touched on the topic of online church, but didn't explore it in any detail, not knowing, of course, that uh, digital uh, church, online church would become uh, the norm for most people. So I'm delighted to be joined on the show this week by Pete Phillips, who's a colleague of of Jonas. Indeed, he's the director of the Codec Research Centre based in uh, the Durham area. He has a PhD in uh, John's Gospel and many years experience of teaching and researching the New Testament. He now explores the interface between all things digital and theological. Uh, From a premier context, he heads up our look at digital theology and has masterminded the webinar series that we've run during this season. Uh, So there's no one better to comment on how the local church is responding and could respond to the very present challenges of a global pandemic. So welcome, uh, Pete, to the Leadership Farm. Hi, Andy. Nice to speak to you. So uh, your journey to involvement in digital theology, first of all? been a long and winding road um so um i did uh i did uh, biblical studies um first of all um and uh, as part of my training as a methodist minister um and and that kind of morphed into a phd in john's gospel as he said um and i've been kind of um and then i was teaching new testament at cliff college in derbyshire for quite a long time for 12 years 13 years um, and while I was there, um, I was kind of very keen on exploring technology because I quite like computers and so on, and began to tinker with uh, setting up the computer network for the college and um, offering student student computer access and so on. And that kind of um, that kind of kept kept me going with the the technology side. Um, and when that came to an end, I moved up to Durham and began to do some work with David Wilkinson, who's the principal at St John's College. And um, we began to develop Codec, which was an umbrella organization looking at digital um, contemporary culture, media culture, and also biblical literacy. And my big thing was biblical literacy at the time. But that's soon morphed over into digital theology, and that's now become my main focus. Fabulous. Good. And and the kind of courses that you've run at Durham? Well, we kind of do a whole load of courses. Um, you know, uh, some of the time I was teaching New Testament, so you know, doing uh, introduction and and looking at John's Gospel a lot as well. Um, but also in digital lit- digital theology, we run a media we run a media lit course uh, for a number of years, about t- t- ten years, um, which is a kind of one week um, intensive look at media and how we can engage and how you do interviews and that kind of thing, how to engage with church communications. Um, and we also developed the MA in Digital Theology while we were there, um, which is a one, two or three year MA program exploring digital culture um, and everything to do with the theology about digital and what digital culture is doing to us and what we, we might want to um, add to digital literature, digital culture as well. So you've got involved with Premier Radio and you've been running these webinars. Um, 
So the, the what are the kind of range of things that the webinars have been looking at in the last uh, yeah little month? Yeah, months? the webinars have been fantastic because um, you know we started off we wanted to provide some way of connecting people um, and bringing in some voices from um, you know premier favourites, but also people from wider field and uh, from the international scene and so on, and um, to look at how the the church was responding to COVID. Um, and responding to the pandemic and and seeking to kind of do new way new things, uh, we looked at the ways that we could include more people, uh, the disabled, the vulnerable, the housebound. Uh, we looked at the how we could do parts of church, like how do we meet online, how do we do Zoom, how do we pray online, um, how do the, there's a fantastic one on the charismatic challenge of how we do charismatic worship online and and how do we hear God's prophetic words online. Um, yeah, um, we, we, we did practical things like how to manage a team online um, or a dispersed team. Um, so practical details like fundraising um, and marketing, all these kind of things that we've been doing alongside some kind of more kind of um, uh, issues about hybrid church. What do we mean by hybrid church? What do we mean by doing things in a way in which um, which allow both the online and the offline community to be one part of the body of Christ. And those are the kind of things we've been looking at. Sure. Uh, and the most popular of those? I don't know, really. I mean, the, 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 initial ones, the initial ones were very, very popular um, mm. when we began to, to open up the whole field. Um, and we offered to, you know, the, the first one we did, um, which was an introduction to um, online church and so on, um, or digital church, um, as you're calling it then. Um, that was the you know, that had over a thousand people sign up for it. Um, and it was quite a, quite a busy busy webinar with lots and lots of questions and so on. Um, as we've gone through, I think that people have kind of um, explored more kind of, it's been a pick and mix where people have kind of chosen the ones they want to go to. Um, so we did one on uh, password counseling online and so on. Um, and that was really good. And lots of people coming to it. Um, and the one on charismatic um, gifts and everything was was good. Um, perhaps not the most well attended, which I was surprised at. Um, but but a but, but a good time and fantastic speakers. Sure, sure. Um, and and I'm sure there are some myths around this whole area. Um, those kind of myths exposed. I've heard the myth, for example, that you cannot do um, prayer for people online and. You know, God doesn't actually uh, impact, and yet I've heard that myth exploded. For example, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've. Um, it's very interesting to kind of think. I mean, first of all, people say that you know the meeting together means you've got to be in a physical place, and of course, that's not the case at all. Um, we can meet together online. Um, we can meet together, you know, uh, over the airwaves, as it were. And and this idea of, um, I think I put it on my Twitter thing the other day. Uh, do not stop zooming together. Yeah, uh, do not stop meeting together online because that's what God wants us to do. And um, if, if if indeed physical um, is the only way we can meet, then we've at, we're actually stopped stopped doing that um, during lockdown. I don't believe that's God's will at all. Uh, we need to be creative and um, exploratory and see see what see what we can do that um, that's not physically meeting together. And and for many people, uh, the safest place at the moment is to meet online to have a Zoom church. Uh, or to have a live stream church, um, and to continue to worship him and to pray and uh, to engage with him. God's spirit, um, and you know, he said in John 4 absolutely clearly that, you know, sometimes there will, there will be no worship in Mount Gerizim, there will be no worship in the temple. 
God wants worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, and, and I think that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing that um, you know, we don't have technically a physical place. I mean, there are technically physical places, but you've got to go with masks and dancing and blah, blah, blah. But, but on a Zoom worship, you can sing your heart's desire. You can see in your front room. You know, you can stand and wave your arms. You can do whatever you want um, and join in the worship that's going on. And, uh, you know, I've had some great times of fellowship over Zoom and over uh, live streaming as well, where, where we've been able to engage with what the Holy Spirit is saying and, uh, and connect, you know, as well, as well with people praying for one another online. We've, uh, we did uh, the um, Pete, Pete Gregg's prayer course um, over the summer, and uh, we're now involved in a prayer group and a contemplative teaching session and so on. Uh, and all of those have been great ways in which to connect and to build our own discipleship. Fabulous, fabulous. And uh, as you've been listening, uh, Pete, um, there must have been some things you've learned or some surprises perhaps, Well, how people have uh, uh, adapted or um, uh, interacted. Mm-hmm. One of the big lessons for me, I think, I mean, I've written about this, is that, um, you know, a couple of years ago I kind of thought disabled church... Um, that really needs to be incorporated into our own physical churches. And so what we really need to do is make sure there's ramps and access and so on. Um, and as I've kind of listened to some of the, um, some of the disabled people who do ministry, um, especially um, around discipleship, disability in Jesus, David Lucas and Katie Tupling and others, um, and Emma Major as well, I've kind of listened to what they've said, and they've said, actually, we're excluded from your physical church, um, not just because of the ramps, but because of other things as well, that sometimes you just can't get there at your time because it's harder to get there and do things. Um, and I've realized that um, they've actually developed an online community, which is very, very powerful and very, very strong, and that we've got to be very careful about how we engage with our own online ministry that doesn't kind of come bursting into their scene and, and disrupt that. Um, and so there's been a big conversation with Disability in Jesus and other disabled rights act- activists online about how we do church in a sensitive way that includes people. Tanya Marler is one of, uh, you know, great, is a great friend of Premier and is often on Premier. And she's a long-term sufferer from ME. Uh, and she says, you know, it's not just a case of inviting us in and preparing a church for us to be there and everything. It's actually giving us a voice, um, and a, a voice around the table. And I think that's really important for us. We need to work out ways in which we can include those who are vulnerable and housebound and marginalized to have a voice within the body of Christ online, um, rather than just to come back to physical church and feel that... Um, We've got it all done and dusted. We've got that. You know, we're back. In, we're back in the place we should be. Um, at the moment, that means that all those who are vulnerable, the housebound, elderly, who are scared of COVID, aren't part of the body. And is that what we're really saying? Um, that they're not part of the body. I think that's that's theologically unsound. They are part of the body. We need to make ways to include them. Well, as we've uh, kind of collectively pressed the pause button, let's ho- hopefully we'll learn some of these lessons, Pete. So you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Pete Phillips. He uh, heads up the uh, digital theology uh, area at Premier Radio. We'll be back just after this. 
Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm uh, joined this week by Pete Phillips, who's the director of the Codec Research uh, Centre, uh, particularly looking at the interface between all things digital and theological. He's also uh, involved with Premier Radio himself and has headed up and uh, led um, admirably some uh, fascinating webinar series uh, on, uh, uh, on Premier Radio. Um, which uh, you, many of you, I guess, listening to this have already accessed, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about access uh, as, as, we, as we carry on. Uh, but Pete, um, people talk about um, going back to normal, uh, and some say, well, well, there will be no back to normal. Uh, but given the church challenges, the decline in church attendance, I guess we'd have to ask the question, do we really want to go back to normal? Because normal wasn't necessarily working particularly well. What, what's your comment on that? Yeah, it's very interesting. Isn't it? I think that um, one of the things we found during lockdown was that um, a lot of the polling agencies kind of asked their panels, you know, are you are you attending online worship? And we had a poll at Durham University here um, with Savanta Comrades that found twenty nine about twenty nine percent of the population said they were attending uh, worship or had attended worship online over the over lockdown. Now. Usually, the attendance at the physical church is about nine percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's a twenty percent difference, um, which is just huge. Um, yeah. You know, you're talking something like fifteen million extra people. Uh, you know, looking at the church, taking part in church, uh, visiting church, um, and if that's the case, then why ever would you want to go back to uh, just offering physical church? Um, I think. I think one of the big problems that we're going to find when we do go back to physical church is um, a decrease in congregations uh, because of the the loss of habit um, that people have grown out of going to church every Sunday and have found other things to do, even you know even during lockdown. Um, and I think that regaining the same size of congregations that we had before will be difficult, especially in rural settings. Um, so, you know, some churches are thriving and they're huge. Um, and that's really good, and they are experiencing growth. Uh, but for many rural congregations, that's difficult, they're elderly, uh, uh, and it may well be that many churches um, will seek to kind of um, cut back uh, the number of churches in their districts or parishes and so on. Now, I think that that's okay, but I think it's, that, it's this bigger question that I was saying before about what do we mean by the body of Christ? And I think that we need to find a new way of representing the body of Christ in worship. Um, and, and my idea, my my argument through this is that hybrid church is the model that we need to go forward with. Offline and online church joined together with one another. Um, so that those who are online are physically present, or not kind of visually present, within the physical church. So, you know, we're setting up a church service here where I live. Um, we had a big conversation last night about it. We're pioneering something different here, um, where the the Zoom there'll be a Zoom church or a Zoom congregation who come in online, who will have a who will be screened in the physical church building, and they'll be able to see the physical church. So there'll be a kind of meeting of the two congregations, and then they'll share the same act of worship together. Um, sometimes people from the Zoom service taking part. Sometimes people from the physical church taking part but a way of kind of combining congregations into one um, that may get us somewhere back to where we are. I think 
the other possibility is to kind of say that we need to kind of look at why those 15 million people felt safe to come to online church. And I think that suggests that they want a safe place to see what we're up to. Um, somebody talked about the sofa behind the back pew, um, that, that we can provide a safe place where they could just come and turn up in however they wanted and see what we were up to. Um, rather than come into this rather scary, austere buildings uh, where everyone tells you to h shut up and you don't know where to sit and things like that. Um, now, now, of course, there's lots of myths about what church is. People don't tell you to shut up, and often you can sit wherever you want, and often the seats are lovely and nice, comfortable nowadays. Um, but, but people are clearly, clearly afraid, but online access gives them a shop window into the church. And the church, really, for evangelistic purposes and for pastoral purposes, needs to allow that to continue. So, so the church is going to have to go through another tech revolution, I think, um, about kind of saying, how do we do this? How do we engage with more people online? Um, how do we open up our congregations to, to being looked at and to being kind of viewed, as it were? Uh, and how do we do safeguarding around that as well? Because you don't want children on, t on uh, open live streaming and so on. Um, and how do we make sure that we're welcome and accessible to to all those people who might want to come and then join us as a congregation, which would be great. Sure, sure. Certainly, um, I understand Holy Trinity Brompton, who obviously the home of, of Alpha, have run online uh, Alpha and have been delighted with the, the take-up and indeed have said when when they do return to physical alpha in, in, in a building, <laughs> they will also continue to run online because of the, because for, even for alpha, you know, it can still be intimidating for folk to come and gather and they're able to log on online and um, participate in, in a, a degree of anonymity or at least, you know, away from, away from the sort of connection that they may not uh, find easy, even, even in a, a very relaxed alpha atmosphere. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, the, the whole point about, about hybrid church is it's both and, not either or. Mm. And I think that we've got to be, very, we've got to be careful about, um, we mustn't say that everything now needs to be online because it's, that's not the truth. We're fleshy creatures. We like meeting together and it's really good to meet together um, in physical right. proximity. Um, and I think that for fellowship reasons and what have you, it's really good to, to meet and share. And, you know, it looks likely that, um, especially in the bigger congregations, Catholicism, Anglicanism, Methodism, what have you, um, that uh, breaking bread, the Lord's Supper is going to be very difficult um, outside you know, of, a, of a physical church setting. Um, but, and I think also means it's this whole thing about anonymous Christians and, and the idea of um, do, we want to do, do we want to develop a kind of sense of, well, I go to church online uh, because then nobody needs to really know that I'm doing it. Um, Christianity has to be something that's open and public and part of our public identity. Um, it's part of who we are. It's celebrating Jesus Lord, and that means he's the master of everything that we do in our lives. Um, and so anonymous Christianity is kind of a bit dangerous for us. You might kind of want that in a persecuted state situation, but you don't really want it necessarily in, in an open state situation like we have in the UK. Sure. So do we, you know, we want to encourage people who are viewing to to be part of the body physically, right. if they can be, sure. but also be aware that we also need to provide online provision for those who don't feel that that's appropriate. So it's both and. It's not, we don't want to replace physical church with digital church. Yep. 
And okay. we want to create a hybrid thing where we do both physical and digital at the same time. No, that, that makes sense. So have you got any thoughts on the kind of Christian leadership that has thrived in this time? Um, you know, what, what kind of uh, qualities of, of leaders needed? Yeah, um, pe- people who actually work with teams is really good. Uh, people who love other people is really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the sense of um, the sense of kind of engaging with people and allowing people to connect. Some of the some of the churches which have really thrived, um, ha- it's not been a kind of one man band kind of thing. It's not where one person's shown up on on the screen and done everything. Um, but actually, it's been where they've brought other people from the church into their service leading and their worship leading. Um, you know, Bryony Taylor is a great person. We keep having on the the webinars. He's a vicar in um, Derbyshire, and and Bryony kind of has brought in all her old ladies from her little village churches, um, who in turn have asked their husbands to you know take part in various things, and their husbands are now coming into the church service and so on, or coming to view online. Um, and, and and she's really built up that congregation fantastically, providing phone ser- dialer phone services. Um, providing you know physical uh, paper notice sheets and stuff like that, so she's, she's adapted, she's developed, she's gone forward. Uh, think of another example: Joanne Cox Darling, Methodist minister in uh, the Midlands, um, who's put a, um, a, a um, an easel outside her garden gate, and she's kind of done crafts and everything, or wrote up on this uh, easel, you know, let's pray for the NHS workers or key workers and so on. Or give yourself a t- time off today. Here's a cup. Of, here's a tea bag. And there's always an activity, and loads and loads of people have stopped by and put these things on Facebook or taken pictures and so on. Uh, somebody apparently was told about it and walked eight miles um, to find this uh, garden gate because well. they wanted to do um, this kind of pilgrimage exercise uh, as part of it. So people are now doing pilgrimages to her garden gate. So it's, it's, that, it's that kind of. Is that creative art, artistic shift that's going on where people bring other people in, collaborate with other people, um, make sure that God is present in the everyday of what we're doing and seek to reach out to people and engage with them rather than thinking that, you know, let's just plan my own furrow and keep church going, as it were. It's a sense of evangelism, creativity, compassion, all going together at the same time. Oh, terrific. Well, time has is, is almost defeated us, but um, just to ask you about the uh, webinars kind of coming up, and uh, um, I suppose this, there's a kind of weekly program, isn't there? Um, how could folk access, and, and is there a possibility of accessing previous webinars? Yeah, so the, the best way to do it is to become a member of Premier Digital, and that's um, four ninety nine a month um, is for an individual membership, or you can have a church membership. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so the best way to approach it is to come in and do a, a membership, and you can do it four ninety nine for an individual, or nine nine ninety nine. I think it is for a, um, a church and so on. Um, or Premier, you know, it means that you actually get access to every single webinar, um, either live or through the recordings, and you get a link to the recordings, and you can see them there. Um, the webinars we're coming up to do, uh, looking, looking at sacred uh, sacred digital spaces. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, worship again. We had worship one a couple of weeks ago. We're going to come back to that and do it with some more worship leaders and explore what they're doing. This week it's about um, the Church Without Walls, a big report that kind of explored what we're doing now about hybrid church some years ago. 
Um, really, it's kind of exploring those whole things. There, we're going to have a, a webinar in the future, near future, on search engine optimization, um, which is a bit geeky, but it's really, really important for church marketers today. Sure, sure. To try and maximise the number of times a search engine finds the church website and gets it out to people. And we're going to, have to also talk about um, examples of churches which have done really well. Uh, we've done some micro research projects in a little church in Gateshead, where the mem- the church has grown by, I think it's about 400% over the lockdown, simply by putting Facebook ads out there um, that cost £5 um, and do a geographical Facebook ad for one kilometre around the church. Um, and it's it's brought lots of people in and they've connected with those people and the church has grown marvellously, which is great. Oh, fabulous to hear. Well, Pete, thank you so much for... Uh, for heading this up, for for sharing this, and for being such a blessing during this tough time for uh, for so many folks. So thank you for joining us today. Okay, it's been great to speak to you. Um, so that's Pete Phillips. He is the director of the Codec Research Centre based in Durham. He also heads up the the Premier Digital uh, Department as well, the Digital Theology area. And uh, do go to Premier's website, and you can find out more about their Premier Digital Programme and particularly the, the webinars. So our thanks to Pete and thank you for joining us. Uh, do log on to find archived versions of Leadership Final. You can obviously uh, tune in next Sunday at four o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.